Dr. Rina here. I'm a global dental specialist and founder of RW Perio, located at 75 Harley Street. Welcome to season three of my podcast, Life and Smile, where we talk about everything dental, lifestyle, business, and much more. Every episode, I'm joining conversation with a specialist expert in their chosen field, who gives us a behind-the-scenes glimpse into their daily regime, career turning points, and an insider look at what they can't live without. As a businesswoman myself, it's so inspiring to hear how people have built their careers and shattered those glass ceilings. This third season is sponsored by Colgate. Committed to sustainability, they're obviously a household name, and as a dental expert, they're my personal fail-safe go-to to ensure my smell is always looking and feeling its healthiest. So let's get the conversation going. On this very special episode of Life and Smile, I'm joined by a true household name whose voice on this podcast will no doubt be instantly recognizable, having built her career across film, television, stage and radio. As a highly renowned British actress and comedian, our guest today first came to prominence in the BBC sketch show, Goodness Gracious Me. She is known for portraying Zainab Masood in the BBC soap opera, EastEnders, Auntie Noor in Citizen Khan, Mrs. Hussain in the BBC comedy, Still Open All Hours, amongst many, many more, including, of course, joining Strictly Come Dancing in 2021, where she was paired with professional dance partner, Neil Jones, during her hugely celebrated career to date. It is, of course, Nina Wadia. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> so Nina, delighted to uh, have you join us in Harley Street. Um, well, we like to take things by really starting from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So um, tell us how uh, you know, it all started. What prompted um, you to start your career in this industry? Um, well, I used to love to write um, uh, as a teenager, which I know is very unusual and nerdy, but I used to love to write. And I used to write um, comedy sketches, mostly taking the mick out of my teachers. Um, and the teachers themselves enjoyed it a lot. Uh, so that was the idea originally. And I also loved to dance. So yeah. growing up in India, uh, between the ages of obviously when I was born and nine, um, my passion was actually dance. I did Bharatnatyam. In fact, oh, yes. I learned Bharatnatyam at Vejanti Mala's dance school and I was obsessed with her uh, as a young girl and then when we left uh, India at age nine to move to Hong Kong of course there was no Indian dance in Hong Kong and I hated the look of ballet (laughs) because I like dance with noise and but not the mean you wore bells so there was tap so I learned to tap uh, while I was out in Hong Kong and then sort of writing sketches at school and then in my last couple of years when I was doing my A-levels, um, I said to my parents, look, I, I think this is something maybe I want to do as a profession. And my mom was most upset. She's like, no, 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 you promised you'd go into law. She yeah. tried to get my brother and my sister, who were older than me, into law as well. No one wanted to do law. Yeah. So I said, I'm really sorry, but I don't. So she got all grumpy and didn't speak to me for six months, which was horrible. Um, but <laughs> she eventually came around because yeah. she came to see me when I got into drama school in the UK. Um, and uh, moved out to the UK to study. Uh, She came to see me in um, Thomas Middleton's Women Beware Women. And um, the minute she saw me on stage, she just thought, no, this is something this girl can do. And she became my number one fan. Um, and then once I had mum's support, as you know, yeah. you know, we always, especially difference. in Indian families, yes. you get your mum's support, 
and the world's easy. Yeah. Um, and after that, then I just decided to audition back of the stage newspaper in those days, yeah, yeah. you know. Um, and the first job I got was at Theatre Royal Stratford East, which is yeah. my favourite theatre to date. <laughs> <laughs> That's where it all started. <laughs> yeah, pretty so much. So it's been something that you've always kind of enjoyed and always wanted to, to do, yeah. um, which is, I guess, that, I mean, that must have been hard. The, the months where your mum wasn't so sure, but you were kind of steadfast in following that career. Um, how did you manage to just, you know, keep that that goal and keep it going? Um, well, I mean, that kind of happened because secretly I knew that my dad, who was with the airlines, my dad was a real clown, right. honestly, and he <laughs> used to make people laugh. People would gravitate towards him in a room. Yeah. Um, in fact, when I did Namaste London, Rishi Kapoor, when he heard my name, said, not, oh, you're Nina Wadia from England. He went are you Mina Wadia's daughter? <laughs> and I thought, oh my gosh, he must have made an impression yeah, when he yeah. flew uh, Rishi Kapoor back and forth, you know. Um, so yeah, I, I secret, my secret weapon was my dad um, and he was a great supporter of mine. So he, of course, brought mum round. Yes. Um, but I knew, I think deep down inside, if there is a career that is for you and it's your mission or your passion in life, I think you just know. Yes. And that's why I fought for it. Yes. I mean, my sister's a beautiful beautiful singer but you know she was she's a lot older than me and at that time especially out in India there was no way my mum was going to let her be a singer because he, I don't know if you know but you know the kind of arts professions are quite dangerous for yeah. Indian kind yeah. of like um, <laughs> families they, yeah. they always think the worst of it yeah. you know they always think it's a very negative profession to be a part of um, what they don't understand is that like with me Bollywood wasn't my aim. I didn't, that's not what I wanted to do. I loved Shakespeare. So I actually wanted to um, study classical um, uh, acting, right. uh, which is what I ended up getting a diploma in, was in classical acting, and then ended up working in theatre for seven years. Right. And so when Goodness Gracious Me happened after yeah. seven years of acting, people thought, oh, there's a new girl no. on the scene. I'm like, no. I'm not new. I've been in the yeah. profession seven <laughs> years, but no one had heard of me because it was theatre. Yeah. And theatre, yeah. people never really, like, they don't really, uh, Indians, I don't think, go out as much yeah. to theatre as they <laughs> do watch Bollywood films. I agree, yeah. So, yeah. Um, that was a bit of an eye-opener for me because, I mean, goodness gracious me, it was my first proper bit of television. Right. So I was learning on the job. Wow. Okay. And I was terrified. <laughs> I'll be honest. I was really scared doing that as my first kind of thing. But I was very clever. I would go in yep. very early. I'd yep. sit with the cameraman. I'd sit with lighting and sound and really learn the craft. Um, right. which is something that I really encourage young people to do. And yep. people nowadays, you know, like a lot of influencers will just yes. kind of go, yeah, I can act. Yep. It's like no one does the training anymore. And yep. I say it's really, really important to do that. To go deeper and get that 360 kind of yeah. understanding. Yeah. So um, how, how did you enjoy that as your first kind of big TV gig? Oh, I was so lucky, wasn't yeah. I? I mean, I got to do, I got to do what I was doing as a teenager to yeah. write sketches and make people laugh about, you know, aunties and yeah. you know, people they came across. I'm such a people watcher. <laughs> I'm notorious for sitting in Soho just with my little notebook and having a coffee and basically just watching people. <laughs> That's where I get my ideas for characters. Right. But my most favorite character was the aubergine lady the yes. mrs i can make it at home for nothing <laughs> she was based on my mum oh, you know because right. my mum loved to cook yeah. loved to cook and so you know we'd say and we were a foodie family so we'd be like oh where are we going for dinner yeah. this evening and she'd just go you want to go for pasta Basta, I can make it home for nothing. Why do you want to waste your money? And then the aubergine bit came along because my mum loved to cook and dad 
Dad wouldn't eat one vegetable and that was an aubergine. He hated it. <laughs> oh, so she would try and hide husband. aubergine <laughs> in some recipe to say, see, I'm such a good cook, I got you to eat aubergines. <laughs> That's so funny. My husband actually is exactly the same. Oh, really? His mum is like <laughs> mash up the aubergine in the in the potato shark and try and like disguise it. So <laughs> so I know I remember watching when I was, I was um, much younger and I used to watch it with my family and then your name used to come up on the screen. It's like, oh, Wadia. Yeah. I'm just like so proud of that name, even though we're not related, but... <laughs> Do you know yeah. what? I, I did laugh because I thought I'm doing a podcast. Yeah. It'll be Nina Wadia being interviewed by Rina Wadia. Wadia. Yeah, <laughs> meant to be. Um, so you've received um, an OBE for your services to entertainment and charity. Um, and you've achieved so much um, to date with your career so far. What would you say, I mean, so much to pick one from, what is your proudest moment, would you say, or, or like a career turning point so far? Gosh, um, that's a hard question. Um, I feel in my 34 years of work that there have been some amazing times, both personally and professionally. I mean, my biggest achievement, I always say, is just my kids. Um, just having kids is is such a big thing as a woman, as a mother. Just, you know, uh, if you can achieve that, that is a huge victory. Um, uh, in terms of career, you know, my stand-up moments would have to be uh, genuinely, goodness gracious me, um, yeah. Uh, EastEnders, I loved my character in EastEnders. Yep. She was such a crazy woman and I loved playing her, you know. <laughs> yeah. I was kind of playing a baddie in a way. Um, uh, Death in Paradise, I loved. I mean, that's a dream job for any actor anyway. We don't even, I always, I don't consider it work. Yeah. You're out in paradise. Yeah. We're in the sea most of the time with lots of rum. That's about it. Um, and then, you know, um, moments, there was t the movie with Tim Robbins, uh, Code 46, working with a legend of an actor, um, Mark Rylance doing yes. theatre with him live. That to me was just wow. Um, I had fun doing a couple of scenes in Aladdin. That was yes. great fun. There are, there are moments where, right. you know, it's just great. I mean, but then there's also things like a, a CBBC show that's yeah. out right now called Danny and Mick. And it may not be, you know, like it's not a big Oscar movie, but it's working with people that you laugh with. Right. And to me, that's success. It, success is being in a profession where you're happy, yes. um, doing something that you love, and success is also being a jobbing actor. Yeah. If if I just carry on doing what I'm doing for the rest of my life, honestly, I feel blessed because so many people I meet are in professions that they dislike and they they literally work so they can live. Yes. I live to work and Absolutely. that's the way you should live your life. Completely. And so many people say that, you know, life is short. You don't, you don't want to just wake up in the morning and, and be like, oh, I've got to go to work. Yeah. It, sh it should be exciting. And obviously we all, we're all human. You have moments where you're not feeling it fully, but actually yeah. what's the point otherwise? Um, and you know, I really like that in terms of definition of success. When you ask people what is success, yeah. it's not, you know, or it's not all wealth. It's not, it's actually enjoying what you do. It's happiness. Um, and happiness. I promise yeah. you, health yeah. and happiness. And as a Parsi, yeah. that's what you grow up learning. Right. You know, so as a Parsi, you grow up with good thoughts, good words, good deeds. Right. And that brings you happiness. Yes. And genuinely life, like especially since the pandemic, we lost so many yeah. friends that it's been a wake-up call for us yeah. to just go, just enjoy your life. It goes by in a blink. And, you know, I mean, I, I, can't, I remember having my daughter a couple of years ago and she's yeah. now 19, <laughs> you know, and she said to me actually, um, she was doing her A-levels and she said, Mum, I want to be an artist. And I went, great. Yeah. She says, you don't mind? I went, why would I mind? That makes you happy? Yeah. 
be an artist. Yeah. Like, go for it. Life always somehow makes itself work around what you want to do. Yes. That's another lesson I've learned. Right. Okay. The universe, if you, if the universe guides you in a particular way and people fight against that right. because they think they need to tell the universe what they want to do. Yes. That's why if a job comes my way or someone approaches me like you did, yes. no, I genuinely so think much. the universe is guiding me for that or to meet you or whatever reason. Yes. And I never stand in the way of what's guiding me to do something. That's so lovely. That's so, so nice. No, thank you so much um, for for coming in. Um, I mean, you've given us so many pearls of wisdom already, but is there anything else like for your younger self um, that you would say anything to? Would you have done anything differently? Like uh, in in terms of your path so far? Um, Yes, I mean there are there are things I would have done differently. I think I probably wouldn't have stressed so much okay. about my career when I was younger, or I certainly wouldn't have been as ambitious. I'll be honest. Okay. <laughs> when, I, when I was in my late teens, I was incredibly ambitious and of what I wanted to achieve and this and that. And actually, I kind of just wanted to, if I could tell my younger self, just chill out. I would. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that's just that's part of life. I see it yeah. in my own children now. You know, where they're all gung ho about what it is they want to do and. It's exciting and that's part of your growing up. Yeah. So, but, and I don't think I would have listened anyway because my kids never listen to anything I say. I mean, <laughs> they'd rather listen to anyone else than their mother or father. So, um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, not stressing out over the not small things. Out, definitely. Um, for sure. I mean, and, you know, when we see you on, on, on TV, when I've met you now, to now in person, um, you're so inspirational and you're always energetic oh. and positive. <laughs> and I mean, what keeps you going? Because you definitely lead, like, lead a very busy lifestyle. Um, and from the, from the beginning, um, what inspired you? Um, I know you mentioned about your dad as well, yeah. but um, on a day-to-day basis, like what, what keeps you going? Well, I mean, you hit the nail on the head in the first place. You know, it's it's being keeping busy. Right. I find that when I keep busy, then I distract myself from my stresses and my worries and my worries. I'm a worrier. I I really am, and it's not a good thing, and it's something I'm really trying to work on. Um, But I think what keeps me going is sort of you know the the friends that I have the family that I have these these are all like my oldest school friends from the age of 11 are still my best friends because we've lived life together you know um just we're going through divorces together we're going through ill health together we're going through all these things so I think what keeps me going is knowing that there is that strong friendship base and my family I'm very close to that um you know, it just, just inspires you to keep going. I, I I did an interview recently where I was trying to explain something and the metaphor I came up with uh, was, so I've had peaks in my career, like I was mentioning, goodness yes. gracious me or East Ends or whatever. And I found that when I'm at the peak of my career in those moments, I feel like I'm at, like, at the top of this mountain. And then when I look over that mountain, I just see another mountain. <laughs> I don't see sort of like like I've reached a goal yeah so I think what I've realized is it's it, people think it's always over the top of that mountain is what yes. you're aiming for but I've realized that actually when I'm up there I look behind me and what I see are my family and friends and the jo- enjoyment I've had getting there yes and so I think that's the lesson that I'm learning is the journey is always more important than the goal for sure genuinely yeah because it shouldn't really matter what that end thing is anyway it's yeah. it's all that time you've kind of built up with the people that you've done it with that are the people that are enjoyable you know to kind of just go hey look I did it yeah. with, with yeah. your help I did it that's the important thing 
No, such sound advice. I think, as you said, it's it's the journey, and and many very successful people. That's what they say when they're yeah. like at the end of their career, and they're like, actually, it, when I got the goals, like, oh, okay, that that's nice. Yeah, because, because <laughs> you're doing not, celebrating yeah, it. You, yeah. it's no, it's actually not fun celebrating it with the people who are already there because you True. don't know them. No, the people you want to celebrate that achievement with is the people that have helped you achieve it. Yes. And that's yes. why, you know, some, um, sometimes it's frustrating for my kids if I get stopped in the street, if people yeah. talk to me. I always talk to people and they go, oh, mom, come on. <laughs> and you just go, actually, without these people who've sort of watched me and supported me, yeah. then what have I done this for? So to me, it's important to always give back. That is, again, it's just another Parsi thing. I think yeah. growing up Parsi is, has actually really, really helped me to focus my life. That's so lovely. That's so nice. Giving back. And um, that's, I think that's, that's such an important point is not forgetting everyone along the, the way, um, making them a part of the journey and, yeah. and not just of the final win, but the small wins uh, and celebrating Completely. small things and enjoying it. Well, um, dad, that the other thing dad yeah. used to always say, dad said, listen, always be respectful and kind meeting people on your way up. You will meet the same people on the way, on the way down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, completely, completely. Um, so um, there must have been quite a few challenges um, along the way. And um, w- what would you say to people starting off now in their career, wanting yeah. to go down a similar path? Obviously, the landscape has changed completely, the digital age, etc. Yeah. Everything's so different now. Yeah. But are there any like specific challenges that you face and any advice you can give to people early on in their career? Sure. Um, yeah, I would say... Please, please train. You know, don't think that you, because you've been on social media, that you know how to act. It doesn't work that way. Um, And always, always keep learning. Every job you do, again, don't think, oh, I know it all now. Now I've done this. I've been there, done that. Don't be jaded, you know, and be resilient. Um, This industry is a cruel hard industry and I always say this when I do my career advice stuff with younger kids who want to go in the profession I don't sugarcoat it yeah it is not an easy profession it is a relentless um time-consuming all-encompassing um uh, industry in which you need to be very mentally strong um you know I Okay, so my obstacles when so when I'd had my children, for example, of course, you put on baby weight and I'd go to an audition and I remember going to an audition for something out in the States that I really, really wanted to do. And the producer and director wrote to my agent and said, we absolutely love her. She's brilliant. She's just too fat. It was That's how it was said. And wow. as a woman who just had a child, <laughs> you know, you're sensitive about the way you look anyway. And it destroyed me. And I remember thinking... This is my weight has never been an issue in my life, but why has that particular time destroyed me? Of course, I had hormones flowing around, I had this, that, whatever. But I think if it had been said to a young girl or something like that, it could actually very instantly make you very conscious of yourself and give you all kinds of mental health issues as well that come with comments about her nose is too big or you know I don't like the shape of her head I mean like honestly the things that people say to you because you're in an industry where you're judged constantly and endlessly so you need to make sure that you have that support of family and friends who just go oh they're idiots what do they know and just keep going and don't get so hung up on the way that you look just be more about creating a character that's interesting or that's right. you know that that's why I'm so glad I'm a character actor and I gave up the I want to be a lead actor thing quite yes. young because I knew for me 
that was the right thing. Right. I enjoyed creating different things. I remember doing an episode of something called Murder in Mind or yes. something like that. And they said, uh, oh, this character, she's really horrible. She's very unattractive, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so I said, well, can we, you know, they have this stuff made of silicon called flesh. They call it flesh. And so I said, can I have a massive mole on my chin with these hairs coming out? <laughs> And the makeup artist said, you're so the opposite. Any actress I know that you just, you actually want to kind of create something. Yeah, yeah. Even when I did EastEnders, I said, yeah. don't bother doing me up. Yeah. I said, I'm playing older than I am anyway. Okay. She lives in the East End yeah. in Albert Square where she's not going to have a makeup artist. She's not going to, you know, be a particular way. I said, so I want to make her real. So I think to me, just when I give advice to younger actors, Decide what kind of actor you want to be. Right. You know, if you want to be true to the character, then be true to that. Because yes. I think that's more appreciated by people yeah. than, you know, like when you watch, sometimes you watch people and you say, why are you so glamorous? Who would do your hair and makeup like this every day that you'd have time to do it? Yeah. So, um, but yeah, resilience and then the worst one of the lot. And I hate to say this, but I do say this to younger actors. Please, please, please also know when to call it quits. Uh, so I went to drama school uh, with 18 other people. There's only two of us working. Wow. So you have to know, uh, you know, further down the line, if it's 10, 15 years and you've had no luck, it might be time to switch roles. Right. So be real, be honest. You know, not everyone's going to be Julia Roberts. Not everyone's going to be a George Clooney. You could just, mm. you need to know what your role is within the industry and enjoy that. Yes. Have fun with it. Be happy with what that is. Yeah. Wow. So, so full of amazing advice. Oh, um, <laughs> so um, taking it into like a day-to-day -day, um, life. Yeah. Um, obviously, you've got, you're working on lots of different things. But what's like, do you have a typical day in the life of Nina? <laughs> oh, your, there is no typical, there is no typical day. day. Okay. I mean, I'll give you a, so today, for example, <laughs> yep. you know, I had a voiceover in the morning. I've right. come to you and then yep. I have a nice evening at home. Yesterday, I did an episode of Doctors in the Morning, yep. traveled down when, and then got stuck at Northampton because oh, no. all the trains stopped, yep. rushed down in a cab straight to Bethnal Green to the Junkyard Comedy Place, was on stage um, doing a new podcast um, you know, with a live audience, yep. and then got home at half 11. So it just, my, my days are so random, I can't call it. <laughs> So I how just, do you like, do you have a... I can't plan anything. And that's yeah. the one bugbear right, with my family. Okay. You know, you can't. But yeah. in the last, I would say, five years, I'm now stricter with my agent. Now okay. I say to her, yeah. I'm blocking this time out. I'm going... I'm, I haven't had like a time away with my husband for so long. So we're, we're literally... About two <laughs> days ago, I went, right, going to Tuscany. I've never been to Tuscany. <laughs> I want to go to Italy. Yeah. And we just booked some flights and I rang my agent and went... I'm not here for that week. Yeah. But what if I said, I don't know. I don't <laughs> care what if. I'm I'm away for that week. Yeah. Make my work work around that. So I've swapped my life over now. Now yeah. my priority is what I want to do. And then work just fits around it. And if it doesn't work, then I don't do the work. job. Yeah. End of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that's so, uh, I think we speak to a lot of um, people like you are super successful. It's about blocking out that time. Yeah. Otherwise, you, I guess you can continue to say yes and yes and yes. And yeah. there's, you don't know when to stop. Yeah. Um, even with me, just like a day-to-day -day basis, I have a clinic. Yeah. And the team are like, oh, should we add on another patient? I'm like, yeah. And then I'm Aww. looking back and I'm like, oh, it's 8 p.m. Maybe I should have stopped the clinic at 6. And then, Definitely. you know, my husband's looking at me thinking like, we had this chat yesterday. 
That's yeah. why he's looking at me right now, <laughs> saying I'm going to tell the team, make sure they don't block on any extra patients. But the thing is, it's so tempting in the moment yeah. to say yes to things of and course, projects. Well, I think and, that's yeah. probably because you're a good human being as well. <laughs> I think people who are, uh, you know, genuinely good-hearted people, they will just go, oh, can't, fine, I'll exactly. fit you in. You, yeah. you're in a bit. But, I mean, I know that my husband and myself, you know, we had a big row once because <laughs> I... I also sometimes smaller charities will approach me um, because they know I'll respond yeah. and I will go, yes, sure. Yes, sure. And then I would fall very ill. Almost, almost every yeah. December I fall sick. And I think it's the run of the year where yeah. I've just gone. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And I think the hardest thing I've had to do is to say to a couple of charities, I can't yeah. help you because yeah. I'm, I'm just done. Yeah. My, I'm, I'm getting older now. My body can't take as much. My mind can't take as much. And I've had to prioritize myself and, it feels wrong, I'll be honest. It doesn't feel right to me to do it. But if I don't do it, I've noticed the pattern of falling sick. Yeah. So there, your, your husband's absolutely right. Yeah. And he's, good, he's right to give you that look. It's the same look my husband gives me, can I just say. Um, of, you know, know your limitations. Yeah. Know, you know, what what you can and cannot do. And it's that thing of putting the oxygen mask on yourself before exactly. you help someone else. And which I never understood younger I understand now. <laughs> yeah. Look after yourself so you can look after others, basically. Exactly, yeah. um, makes complete sense. So um, when you're filming, um, do you have any like rituals or like items that you have to have with you or yeah. anything like that? I do. I do have all yeah. ones. In fact, you didn't see me do it before, but yeah. so I worked with the wonderful Saeed Jaffrey years ago. He was one of the first ever amazing actors I worked with that was of South Asian heritage. And um, we did the Mahabharat together wow. and we both played brother and sister, even though it was yes. a massive yeah. age gap. But I saw it when I first worked with him, I saw him bless the mic. He did a little prayer around the mic. So I did oh, that. Right. I, if I'm I working at a mic, I have that. to touch the mic. Right. And he would always say, I've blessed the mic, so our work will be good. So I, I think of Saeed Jaffrey whenever I'm in front of a mic. Um, and on stage or on film sets, I tend to touch the floor before I walk on just right. to ground myself yeah. and yeah. bless the set we're yeah. going to work on. So, And then I had a crazy ritual, which I've kind of stopped yeah. doing that, but I sometimes <laughs> do it is when I had plays like Shakespearean plays, I would put the script under my pillow to sleep oh with because <laughs> I imagined that the words would sink into my head. I know it sounds ridiculous, but it is a oh, little quirk it. of mine. Yeah. So I do occasionally, if I can't learn lines, I'll put the script under my bed and it works it for works, me. It, yeah, it's obviously yeah. some weird subconscious thing, yeah. but it does work for me. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love all of them. I might have to steal a few. Yeah. <laughs> um, and any kind of, obviously you have to be on top form when you're in front of the camera. Yeah. Um, are there any funny like standout outtakes um, that you'll never live down? Oh gosh. <laughs> that you can um, think of. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I'm a bit of a prankster on yeah. set. I'm a bit naughty. So uh, there's one uh, prank that we played on EastEnders um, with Josie. Lawrence so she'd come on and um, I'd met her a few months before when I was pregnant with my first child and uh, then she joins the show and on the show I had to pretend to be pregnant yeah but she of course came out and she was like oh my god is this your second and I thought yeah yeah it is you know obviously it's a fake bump but I was just <laughs> messing around and yeah and then Mark Elliott who played my son Saeed he had a habit because the the the, the um, fake baby sponge yeah. they give you is very soft and bouncy. Right. He would walk up to me and punch me in oh, the stomach no. as a joke. Now, he did not have this conversation with Josie. So we're just chatting and he walks <laughs> up and just punches me really oh, hard gosh. in the stomach. She screamed <laughs> the place down. 
And I realized oh, I hadn't so told her that it was a fake bump. And I, like, I just couldn't, I was <laughs> red in the face. And she didn't speak to me for like oh, a couple of no. days. She was so mad at me. She said, <laughs> you gave me a heart today. Oh, that's so funny. So, there yeah. must be many, many others. Yes. Um, but listen, Nia, thank you so much, um, honestly, for your time. I know you're super busy, but what an inspiration um, for all of us out there. And I'm sure all the listeners will be super inspired by all your words of wisdom. Um, so thank you so much much um thanks for coming down to Harley street and i'm sure we will see you again uh, very soon oh i look forward to it because you're brilliant <laughs> thank you thank you so much <laughs>